Welcome back to Biteside. I'm Seamus Byrne. This is a show about living in a digital world. And this week, we're really thinking about two things that, well, look, when you when you really get down to it, it makes a lot of sense. But we've learned an awful lot about how important logistics are over the last couple of years, how important it is to have those systems in place to be able to move things from one place to another and what can go wrong or, or at least get difficult when those systems aren't working all that well. And then on another hand, we know we love to get together and we've missed it dearly. And this company that I'm talking about today, it's all about beer. And one of those beverages that we do like to enjoy together when we can get together. And it really is one of those things that has hidden logistics attached. Well, not that hidden sometimes, and we'll talk a little bit about that, but moving those kegs backwards and forwards into bars all around the country. You know, there's not just some magical tap that flows from the brewery through to every pub around the country. And so this company is working on adding some extra technology to the to the keg industry in order to make that whole process both smarter and more efficient, but also actually a lot greener. So I'm joined by Adam Tripp Smith. He's the founder and CEO of Convoy. Adam, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Seamus. Great to be here. Yeah, look, I love the idea of what your business is up to. It seems like a great confluence of of real life that we all care about and really cool and interesting tech. Um, I guess let's start by telling you a bit about yourself and how you actually arrived at Convoy. So I'm a refined, a reformed, I should say, finance guy, not refined, a reformed <laughs> finance guy that found my way into the beverage industry. So originally an accountant, then corporate finance for a while in, in Adelaide, London and Sydney. And in 2008, started a brewery. And that's how I end up in this wonderful beverage industry. And fast forward to today, gone from brewery founder and owner to, uh, and making it up as, as I went to now being an owner of kegs. And uh, we love it because we've brought forward an old logistics model into the technology world. But most importantly, we're in the hospitality industry and that's what makes it fun at the end of the day. It's a tangible product that everyone's familiar with that you can see. And you look, when I think about you know, entrepreneurism in general, you often sort of do see that the story is starting from, I guess, one set of ideas that you think, okay, maybe this is the thing that's going to work and we'll pursue this. But then I guess being open to that idea of shifting to where you suddenly discover a, there's a real problem that could use solving. So, you know, can you explain a bit about how I guess you went from, you know, from being a brewer to then finding this niche that uh, Convoy now serves. Yeah, sure. And look, I should should make very clear that I'm not a technical brewer whilst I had a brewery. <laughs> I couldn't brew a beer to save my life. And I know you know people that I know, so I need to point that out uh, <laughs> before I offend any brewers. Um, and look, you, you mentioned entrepreneurialism. I always find that a very broad word that ultimately I sum up as just getting shit done, you know, and an idea to execution is, is kind of entrepreneurialism. But if we go back to, you know, having a brewery, you know, this was the this is 2008, so the very early days of the independent or craft beer wave. And uh, back then, the only way you could get into draft beer 
uh, so a beer that you know is poured on tap at a pub or a bar, is to put it in a keg and you had to buy essentially a container, a 40-foot container of stainless steel kegs from Europe. Or there was alternatively some plastic kegs floating around back in the day. And so being a new brewery proprietor, we were growing quickly. Uh, you know, we had a good brand being early adopters. It was, you know, kegs that were slowing our growth all the time. Plenty of salespeople, plenty of production capacity. But, you know, we had 2,000 kegs selling nationally, but we would continually run out of kegs. And every quarter, we'd have everyone drop everything, get on the phones, ring around pubs around the country going, where are our kegs? We need to get them back. And we needed to get them back because we had beer in tanks. If the beer's sitting in tank and it's ready to, you know, go into a can or a bottle or a keg, not only is it costing you money, it's also stopping you from brewing more product. And so fast forward to today, when I sold uh, that first business, you know, brewery, I decided, you know, right, I need to do try something different and I'm going to have a crack at solving this keg issue of Australia and New Zealand. Uh, and that led to me starting a, you know, my first business in the keg space in 2012, which I then sold on to another player. And here we are doing version two. But really what we're doing is taking... 10 years of learning from both breweries and, an, and another business and wrapping it up into Convoy to bring, you know, not only kegs to producers, but kegs and technology. And when we say technology, I'm sure we'll get into a depth on this, but it's, it's location and it's temperature. And these are data points on kegs that have never existed until today. So we're pretty excited about how we can bring those two things together. Yeah, that's brilliant. So, uh, look, let's do the elevator pitch element here. Like, what exactly then is it that you've been able to sell to the industry? What is it Convoy actually does for kegs? So, we've really got two businesses, but what what we do, and I'll explain the difference between the two. Ultimately, what we do is pretty dull and pretty boring, and in the background, which is how it should be. You know, the glamour and the product is is the beer or wine that ends up at the at the pub. We own kegs, and specifically today, we own two hundred thousand kegs. Producers rent those kegs from us, and so before we move into the the technology side of it, we're providing an asset, so the producer doesn't need to invest in that asset. But also we're providing it just in time. So if you need a 1,000 kegs this month, the next month you need 2,000. In the old days, if you own the kegs, that was a major problem and you wouldn't get kegs in time, so you would miss out on taps. In today's world of keg rental around the world, you can just ring us up and say, right, I had 1,000 last month, this month I'm going to need 2,000 and we'll provide them to you. So you're winning business just in time. Now the next benefit is that it's a one-way rental. So imagine a you know a brewery here in Sydney near where you and I are, and it's sending beer nationally. Let's say pick two examples: Melbourne and Adelaide. Now, if that brewery owns their kegs, once those pubs are at the, so once those kegs are at those pubs, someone at the brewery needs to ring those pubs, work out when those kegs are empty, and then work out how to get them picked up from the pub and back to the brewery. So there's a huge amount of time wasted energy in that. And then the third problem with that is that you're then moving empty kegs back in, in, in some cases, long distances, Perth to Sydney. So it's costing money to move an empty asset. It's not generating any revenue and it's bad for the environment because you're, you know, you're burning carbon footprint. So this whole rental model is, you know, largely referred to as pooling, where it's a common asset shared across multiple users. In our case, a brewery a warehouse and then a pub and we sit in the middle providing the asset but also doing reverse logistics 
So that's point one. Then we bring in technology because the problem has been whether you own the kegs or you rent them is that you don't really know where they're at. You know, it's a standard issue. If you walk down to any pub, particularly on a Monday morning when they're ready for collection, you'll see 20, 30, 40 pubs sitting on the footpath hoping to be picked up. But the owners of those uh, kegs don't really know where they are. Yeah. So, you know, we've identified this and struggled with this challenge for a while. So when we started Convoy in 2019, my team and I said, right, we're going to sit down, sit down and we're going to crack this nut no matter how much time and how much money it costs. We want to be able to track our own kegs, know where they're at at any point in time, which also therefore has the benefit of taking losses from an industry average of anywhere between 6 and 12% of kegs get lost per annum, taking it back to effectively zero because even if they're picked up by the wrong logistics company, you still know where they're at. Um, So that's what we've done. We'll get into the technology a bit later, but essentially by putting a device on top of our keg, we're tracking the location of the keg most of the time, you know, not every minute, uh, but most of the time. And then we're also taking a location reading, which is helpful for quality control and freshness. And look, it's funny because all of this, I think in some ways, as you say, it's an invisible service almost to to the public, but we've all become far more acutely aware of the nature of supply chains and logistics just as as humans over the last couple of years. So it, it clearly, I'm sure people will pretty quickly get the idea now in a way that a couple of years ago, they might've been like, yeah, but really, how does that make anything, anything any different? Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, if you think about sitting at home in lockdown and the daily, and certainly in my house, there was a daily DHL delivery. Um, sometimes me, often my wife, um, sometimes the kids. But, yeah, we became acutely aware of the importance of logistics uh, and when there was problems in the supply chain and when there wasn't. Uh, if we then you know look at our world, you know, over the last two years, every keg in the world stopped moving. Uh, because of lockdowns and at the same time you know that was essentially around the world april 2020 when everyone went into lockdown never has that happened you know for kegs kegs have been moving around for 40 years and they just keep moving around and no one really knows where they're at but they most of them keep coming back but a lot get lost or damaged or stolen and you know cut up into barbies etc so from our world two years ago you know big and small breweries around the world were wondering where their kegs were Point one, point two. When we came out of lockdowns and these producers are starting up again, everyone's scratching their head, going, "Right, we've got some of the kegs back, but a lot of them are still out there, and we've got no idea where they're at." Meanwhile, we're going from zero percent demand to one hundred percent demand for our product, <laughs> and we need them. And so it was a massive issue, uh, you know, with breweries starting up again. So we were able to play uh, a role in that. You know, we were only one year old at the time, but we did know where our kegs are. Yeah. And we kept continually investing in, in new kegs through lockdown. So we were poised. But it was a unique you know, circumstance in the logistics industry for beverages where put aside pallet issues and shortages and all of that, it's just that literally producers and specifically supply chain managers at breweries did not know where their kegs were. <laughs> so starting up a brewery and you've got thirsty punters about to come out of lockdown to go to a pub, it was a big stress you know, in all of anyone involved in logistics and beverages, whether you're producing the beer, putting it into the keg, or you're the responsible one for picking up the kegs and getting it to the brewery, it was challenging. Okay, so yeah, tell me a bit about the bits of tech that you've attached to the kegs and um, yeah, what like what data points is it sort of feeding back to you? I'm imagining it's more than just the a bit of GPS or something. There's something else going on here? It is, and, and, and look, 
you know, when, when we looked at this years ago and we went started with barcodes and then fast forward to today in 2019, we looked at GPS again. The fundamental problem with a keg is that it's a low value asset. And so, you know, a courier van, an Uber, whatever, you know, something that's worth ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars, you can afford GPS tracking, satellite tracking if it's a container, four G, five G if it's a, a van or a trailer. A keg is worth between, you know, a hundred and a hundred and fifty dollars. Um, so it just doesn't stack up to have an expensive GPS or satellite device on the keg and the associated data charges that go with that. And that's always been the fundamental issue. So we solve that um, by twofold. One, from a connectivity point of view, we run on a 0G network called Sigfox, uh, which you've probably heard of and familiar with, which is you know some technology that was developed in, in Paris and France many years ago and has been rolled out around Western Europe, UK, Asia Pacific, um, where it's quite strong. Now, a zero-G network, just for those that haven't heard about it, effectively transmits low packets of data. Uh, it's, it's either, I think it's around 16 bytes. So what it won't do, like your phone, is send a large PDF or a presentation or an image. But that's fine. We don't need our keg to send us any of that. What our, we need our device to do is take a location reading and a temperature reading, and we need it to do that periodically, not every minute, and transmit it to us. And so we developed our own custom device with our technology partners, Unibiz, who are based in Singapore and Taipei. And then we connect uh, to the Sigfox network in Australia and New Zealand. That's run by a country, a country called, sorry, a company called Thinkstra. And Thinkstra is the licensee in Australia and Hong Kong and New Zealand for the Sigfox network. And what it's designed to do is exactly that. Talk to our assets, which are kegs, with our device. You know, our device is kind of half the size of an iPhone, gets welded to the top of the keg. And when it's in range of a Sigfox tower, it'll transmit that information to us. And that's all we need it to do. Now, when it's sitting in a brewery, we don't need our device to be on. In fact, we want it to be off because we don't want it to drain the battery. And this is the other problem with GPS, satellite, etc., etc. Great technologies, maybe more visible, certainly a lot more costly, but also draining the battery. Now, keg is a, a 20-year asset, possibly longer. You know, we think about doing a major service at 10 years on our keg. So we wanted to get 10 years of battery life. So you're not having to bring this keg in all the time to switch out the battery. And so that's what we did. So we developed, you know, we're completely clueless and green when we went into this. It was like we knew the problem. We just didn't know what the technology solution was to solve it. So we spent an intense three months, you know, working on this around the clock with different providers of technology and, and hardware architects to come up with a device that had the right bits in it to take the reading, to connect to the SIGFOT network, but also that could withstand acid, steam, all the things that go on in a brewery. <laughs> yeah. it, had to, it had to be industrial. Um, and then it had to be welded onto our keg and not fall off. And so, you know, we call the device Keg Fox. There's a similarity there to the SIGFOX network that we run on. And, uh, and it's working. You know, we've, we've had uh, 130,000 of our 200,000 kegs already retrofit with our device. We'll have the rest on by the end of the year. And at that point, we'll be the only keg fleet in the world that is 100% tracked using IoT. 
uh, and literally we are first mover and probably because we're so stubborn uh, and probably because <laughs> we own kegs, you know, we wanted to solve our own problem um, and that will then have flow on benefits for other keg owners when we launch a second business later this year. Yeah, cool. And so I guess if you're comparing, you know, I mean, it's funny, I'm thinking about GPS accuracy, but of course you're still then thinking about a keg is going to be shoved in a basement that might then have, you know, not the best uh, satellite reception in the world anyway. Um, but is there sort of a big difference in the accuracy when it comes to the way you're getting that ping off a, off a tower? Not really. So, you know, from, from we're, what we're not doing is ping off the tower. We are sending the information in yeah, our device right. via the tower. So yeah. where we get our location from is via Wi-Fi sniffing. And so, you know, every Wi-Fi router has an SSID code. We ping off that. Now, initially, all we're getting is an SSID code. And then what we've been doing over two years is building our own database of pubs, breweries, and and warehouses. Perfect. And that's all we need. You know, we in between, it's going to pick up a lot of Wi-Fi networks, which don't mean anything to us. We don't need to know about. So we use the Wi-Fi sniffing to do the geolocation. Look it up, you know, initially against a Google database or a or a um, here database, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But over time, we've been evolving our database with you know new liquor licenses that come into being. We add it into our database, so we'll always get the street address, and it's very accurate. What we want is a name against it, uh, and that's what we've been spending a lot of time doing. We've got a full-time PhD data scientist working on that, evolving our database so that we can have the beacon on when it's at a pub, a warehouse, or a brewery and turn it off when it's sitting there. If it's there at a brewery for two weeks, we don't need it pinging every day because it will drain the battery. What we need it to do is turn on when it leaves the brewery to go to a warehouse. That's when we want it to take a reading. So you, you use the, the or you provided the, the problem, I guess, of an underground cellar or a cool room, uh, and that is, and we will often lose a signal but that's fine. What we'll we'll pick up a Wi-Fi sniff on the footpath before the kid goes into that, yeah. and that's generally enough time to send a location reading via Sigfox back to us. Then it will go underground and possibly we'll lose sight until it comes back on a Monday morning. The seller manager puts the keg up on the footpath and it's ready for collection. We'll then get a reading again. Okay, keg one two three is alive again. It's at the Cricketers Arms Hotel in Balmain. It's because it's come alive after a week. It's therefore we know it's empty. It's sitting on the footpath and it's available for collection. So it enables us to really pinpoint our logistics and our reverse collections of uh, of kegs to get them back a lot more quickly than we used to. My brain leaps back to a few years back. I interviewed someone from Intel who was actually talking about you know some company somewhere in the world who was working on the idea of putting rings on the bottoms of kegs to weigh them so that you would then know how full it was and it from what you're saying it's like well that sounds like a piece of tech that actually might be one of those ones where you go that's pretty expensive for the you know for what you really get back from it or you know is is that one of those weird ideas out there that you've explored or um you think just doesn't quite fit the you know the the model of what kegs need so you're spot on it's always the next question that everyone asks us so very intuitive which is you know can you measure fill light uh, how much liquid is in the vessel? So the technology does exist, but we chose not to try and build it in for cost and complexity reasons. Yeah. We didn't think we'd be able to get a return uh, in doing so. It would be great if we did it, 
but probably the logical place to measure that is at the pub and is being done a lot at the moment through flow meters so they may not be measuring the weight although you know i've seen examples of that in new zealand you know where a technologist has developed a weight system probably similar to what the intel person was talking about to to measure the the fill height of the keg but it can be done at the tap point where it can measure flow rates etc cetera, etc cetera, and also use iot to feed that information back potentially through the sigfox network uh, to the end user so there's definitely a need for it this question is is it convoy's role or someone else and we decided right stage one let's focus on location and temperature and do that well let's not try and do too much and uh, and fall over uh, through complexity so that's where we've stuck to someone will do it it may be us in a couple of years or it may be more of a draft uh, sort of tap company that builds it into the tap or where the or the whether um, the line connects to the keg or yeah, something yeah. like that yeah, it's a good point there that finding the right place to put the tech is often a big part of finding the right solution for the problem instead of just, yeah, as you say, adding that expense to hundreds of thousands of kegs versus yeah. finding the right spot elsewhere in that uh, flow is actually, yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a really good point. We, we think it probably our, our device probably would have ended up being a, a $100 device, you know, if we tried to build in that yeah. kind of uh, tech into it. Uh, at which point no one would pay for it. You know, when you've got a keg that costs $100, people would go, well, I'm, I can lose 50% of them and I'm still, I'm still ahead. So now it's not quite like that, but, uh, but that sort of gives a summary of why we didn't go down that path. And also time. You know, we gave ourselves three months to get a business, uh, but also the technology around the business up and running, and that was pretty intense. And if we'd tried to take on anything else, we would have, we would have failed miserably. So I think we made the right call and... We'll happily sit on the sidelines and let someone else deal with the uh, the weights and measures of a keg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, now, look, uh, earlier on you did touch on the whole uh, sustainability aspect to this, and I think, again, it's something people are pretty conscious of these days as well. Uh, but just at a simple business level, it saves money as well. So, you know, um, what aspect there have you been able to, you know, measure or pinpoint when it comes to just how, you know, valuable and – you know, I guess climate sensitive it is to be able to not have to send everything back to where it started. So the data on this is is nowhere near what it should be. So we let me ask answer your question the first way. We think we can use one of our kegs an extra time per annum. So if just to give some round numbers, if we use a keg four times per annum through tracking them, you know, we, we think we should be able to use it five times. And we can do that because we're getting them back quickly. We're not losing them. They're not going AWOL. If they go AWOL, we know exactly where they're at and we get them back quickly. So that's got a business benefit to us, but it's also got a flow on sustainability benefit because you do not need as many kegs in the industry to service the amount of beer that's being poured. So it cuts down the miles, it cuts down the stainless steel that is used, the energy that's used in producing kegs. So maybe not so great for our valued suppliers, the keg manufacturers, but overall better for the industry. Now, to take that to the next step, we then believe we can uh, quantify it, and we've just started working with a firm who specialises in this area called Pangolin Associates, who are an environmental sustainability consulting advisory firm, where we're looking to measure everything. So starting with our own house, you know, so what does our business look like from carbon footprint, energy usage, et cetera, and how do we improve? But secondly, in terms of our product, being keg rental uh, and keg tracking, 
what is the data on that and how ultimately are we reducing empty miles, carbon, et cetera, et cetera, water usage, energy usage by doing that. So that's probably a six to 12 month project for us where we'll actually have, you know, uh, cold hard facts around how we're improving things through what we do, um, whether that be renting a keg. And when we rent a keg anyway to a customer, it comes with the tracking. So that's all part of the, the fee we charge to rent them a keg for one use. And then on the other hand, for our new business called Catch, which we're launching focused just on the technology for other keg owners, then we can use our own data to go, right, this is how our own supply chain improved. But th- this is also the environmental benefit of tracking your kegs and reducing uh, how many times uh, your, your new kegs are made and how many times per year you, you use them. Um, if you're losing kegs because they go AWOL or they're lost, you know, and they do get lost, then ultimately you're buying more kegs, you're buying more stainless steel, you're using the world's using more energy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So there'll always be kegs produced, that's a given. But if we can make the whole industry more efficient, then I think we're doing our little bit for the environment as a as a as a holistic beverage industry. Explain for people who are just wandering down their local pub then, if they are the particular brands, if they see a tap there, that they just might be uh, pouring it from a, a convoy keg? There would be. So we we now have 500 customers across Australia and New Zealand. So highly likely if you go down to a pub, if you see a convoy keg, that's obviously ours. It has red, it has red stripes on it. But, I mean, names in, in Sydney, Akasha, Moondog in Melbourne, White Bay in Sydney, Fixation in Melbourne. We also, you know, recently, uh, we also have rented some kegs to the major producers. We service kegs for the major producers. If, yeah, literally, most of the independent and craft breweries that you can think of uh, will generally be in a convoy keg. So why would that be? You know, look at all the breweries that have started in the last five years. Pretty much all of them, I would suggest 97, 90% of them, 80% of them, move straight into keg rental and don't bother owning their own kegs. And it's hilarious for us, you know, running this business when we talk to friends and explain what we do, how often now we get a text saying with a picture of one of our kegs at the pub. Uh, people get so proud to go and see one of our one of our kegs either behind the bar, on the footpath, whatever, whatever. So um yeah, any, any of those independent beers, go down and look at the pub and, and take a good look and you'll see one of our kegs floating around. Well, not one, hopefully many. Yeah. I mean, are there many other people who brand their kegs like that? It sounds like a nice big red stripe has uh, definitely got a bit of that extra curb appeal there. <laughs> yeah, look, we've, we've, we've got three red stripes. Um, the only other one that's red in this country is, is Coopers, who have a large, thick red stripe around it. But the reason we have three bands is... Uh, so we can uh, a say it's convoy, but b you know how to what to do whether it's a phone number or email, you know often our kegs rock up at a pub and they've got no you know they may have no idea what keg rental or convoy is, so the poor seller manager is wondering what to do with these kegs with red stripes around them. It then says on the band you know property of convoy for collection, call this number or send us this email. But there's a flow-on step that we can do, you know, in the IoT world, which we've been testing at some pubs, where in the cellar of the pub, using the Sigfox network again, we can install what we call a doorbell, which effectively sits, uh, sits on the wall near the exit to the cellar. So generally it's coming out onto the footpath. And 
the sellermen, as they put the empty kegs out on the footpath on a Monday morning, can push that button. It'll come into our system and say which pub it is. It won't exactly tell us which five or six kegs it is, but it will tell us that there's kegs on the footpath available for collection. Removing that step where someone needs to call us, email us. But 90% of the time now, because we know where our kegs are, uh, we know exactly where we need to go and pick them up on a weekly basis or a fortnightly basis and, and get them back quickly, which is good for us. Importantly, it's great for the for the pub because they don't have room to be storing these empty yeah. kegs lying around, which is, which is why you see them on a footpath on a Monday morning. They've got to get them out of the cellar for fresh beer to arrive and be tapped and be ready for, you know, Wednesday when pubs start to build up towards Saturday night. So it strikes me that saying... Uh Adding a button sounds easy, but I imagine there'd be an awful lot of testing attached to actually making again that that you know that it's not going to get busted. It's not going to. It's you know all those kinds of aspects of adding something to a device you've really tested for how robust and reliable it's going to be. It must be a big thing. It is, and uh, thankfully I've got smarter people than me and my team <laughs> doing that. So you know we've got a full time head of IT, full time data scientist, and and. Uh, one of our former ops directors is leading all of this. So it is. I mean, you think about pushing a button in a cellar. sounds simple, but the cellar is generally underground. So the same problem with the with the keg. It's all about, you know, how do we simplify it for the not only the brewery but at the end user, which for the brewery and us is, is generally a pub, bar or restaurant, uh, and we need to make life as simple as we can for them. Now, we've done that through keg pooling because, you know, in the old days – you know, when, when craft or independent beer started, everyone owned their kegs. And so, you know, a pub that embraced this wave, which was great, right? Good on them for embracing it and supporting all the small craft producers. But suddenly they've got 10 different types of kegs coming into them on a Wednesday, 10 different type of kegs that need to be picked up on a Monday, add to their Coopers, their Lion, their CB kegs. And so the poor pub's trying to deal with 10 different independent breweries who've got their kegs there and say, Guys, I love your beer, but come and get your damn kegs. I need them <laughs> out of my pub. So yeah, when keg rental came along, keg pooling, and we aggregated it all from all these different fleets back to one, it provided a huge benefit for the pub in that they were basically on a, you know, most of them are tied to either CUB or Lion plus Coopers and then the independent or craft beers. So if all of those are in, you know, one type of keg being ours, then if there's any problems and we haven't picked it up, they've got one call to make, not 10. You know, yeah. So there's a hidden advantage there for the end user in the supply chain. So, look, you had a big capital raise late last year. That yeah, Do you feel like that sets you up well for the future? And, I mean, how was it raising money in a pandemic? Well, you, you know, I guess ultimately, I guess people knew, yes, people will be buying beer again very soon, but uh, I can't imagine it. It's, it's the funnest part of the job in the end. <laughs> Look, it was horrible raising capital in, in through a pandemic, but you know, not not so much because doom and gloom in hospitality, just because everyone's sitting at home and you just lose that that touch point. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we did we did a couple of small raises in our first year, and then we did a big raise late last year. Uh, and literally, when we went to start it, everyone went to lockdown. So as luck would have it, or unluck would have it, but uh, no, we did. So we raised thirty million. The reason for that was threefold. One. Uh, to buy more kegs, um, you know, a startup business that's two years old with a pandemic the whole time, it, it, frankly, it's hard to get debt. So we just chose to keep buying our kegs and funding them with equity just to be safe 
for the first couple of years. Secondly, you know, we wanted more money to invest in technology and accelerate our plans. Uh, you know, we've got our version one device. We're already working on version two. Why would we do that? You know, we want to create a smaller device with a longer battery life that costs less to produce. So we've been working on that. We need to produce a third device for the US because the Sigfox network is pretty uh, weak there in terms of population coverage. Sigfox network here in via Thinkstra uh, in Australia is around 92, 93% of the population, I think. So great. Uh, in, in the US, it's nowhere near that. So we're developing a, a separate device for the US that will probably run on the cellular CAT M1 network. So again, there's time and money and R&D in developing these things. But really what we want to do, and we've taken this whole technology that we've developed, and I mentioned CATCH, so K-A-T-C-H, which is a sister company within our group, to take our tech ecosystem and offer it to other keg fleet owners around the world. Now, some would say, well, that's competing with your own keg rental business. We'll go, well, it is, but it's also complementary. And if we don't do this, someone else will, because the world of beverages and specifically keg logistics need to move into this IoT world or certainly data world uh, and know where the kegs are, the temperature, the cycle times and, and how to improve that. IoT enables it. IoT isn't the, isn't the end. It's just an enabler of us doing that. So we're packaging up that as a business called Catch. We'll be launching it you know, next month in the US at the US Brewers Conference. We'll be in Munich later in the year. Again, this is employing more people uh, and taking that, that little business global um, because it's not got any geographic boundaries. The potential customer for Catch is anyone that owns kegs around the world. And that could be from a major European global brewer to a, a new startup brewery in London. So anyone that owns kegs that wants to have visibility of them and track them and, and track temperature as well is a potential customer. And then the third thing about the Caparais is expansion of the core rental business. At the moment, we look after Australia and New Zealand, and I mentioned you know 500 customers. This year, we're looking to take that abroad uh, through either organic startup in new countries or acquisition or both. Uh, so having money in the bank in a business that's two and a half years old uh, and growing rapidly is, uh, is, a, is a nice feeling at night. <laughs> so having been through a few months during the pandemic where you know everything's looking tight, um, you know to, to do a large capital raise, have that endorsement from investors is wonderful and it gives us the confidence to expand our team and, uh, and head abroad. Excellent. Um, and I realise one thing we didn't touch on uh, that's worth throwing in here is you mentioned temperature. I mean, it, it seems obvious in a certain regard, but, you know, how important is it or how valuable have you found that to be when it comes to, you know, I guess problems that might arise if you spot something out of, you know, out of the kind of temperature range yeah. you'd want it to be in? It, uh, there's many different views on this. Look, ultimately, we think it's valuable and it's been easy for us to add. So it's kind of an optional extra for the for the brewer. Where it's really valuable, we think, is a lot of these beers with independent and craft brewers are not pasteurized, um, whereas a lot of the major beers are. And so they're more sensible uh, and they need to be stored and delivered cold all the time. Effectively, they need to be treated like milk. And cold stored at the brewery, cold stored at a warehouse and delivered cold in a van, cold stored at a pub. Now, a lot of breweries are paying for that to be done uh, and are really fanatical about it. 
we can provide the extra layer of data behind it to back it up. Likewise, it's then a, a reactive measure. If someone says, I never want my beer to go above eight degrees, you know, or 12 degrees or 18, whatever the number is, we can set up parameters and send them a daily email and say, here are the kegs that we think are full. Here's where they are. And here's the latest temperature reading. And it's gone above the threshold. So that that's where the advantage is. And there's certain breweries out there across Australia and New Zealand that guarantee freshness. So to guarantee freshness, you need to be able to audit uh, yeah. that it is, is kept cold and it's arriving at the pub in the condition that the brewer intended. And so by taking those temperature readings along the way as a, alongside the location, it's just that extra data point. So we can then in our, our portal, which our, our customers have access to, not only can they look at, log in and see a Google map, where are my kegs? Alongside of it, they can see for one keg a chart, and here's the time series chart going back in history of temperature. And you should basically see it only spiking uh, when it's empty, goes back to an ambient temperature, goes back to our warehouse until it hits a brewery again. Eventually, it goes, it spikes, temperature goes up because it's been steam cleaned. Then it's filled and it should drop down to two degrees. So, you know, we can provide a chart to show that kind of history. Now, it's quite new and that's really never existed. And so there's an element of, of the user gearing up around what to do with that. Um, but those that are interested, it's like, okay, I want to make sure it's always cold. I want to know the kegs that aren't. And then they can have their salesperson go and check in it. And it might be you know, a problem with the delivery or it might be it fell off something or it just generally it's being mistreated and it's sitting in a yard and it's 28 degrees in the Sydney spring. Uh, and the beer, you know, is sitting there cooking and it shouldn't be. So they're, they're the kind of circumstances where we think we can help in that regard. Yeah, great. Um, look, you know, I guess final thoughts. What, what excites you most about the year ahead for Convoy and I guess the industry in general? Well, hopefully no more lockdowns. That's what excites yeah. me most. Uh, as I mentioned to you in our little warm-up chat, you know, I've just come back from two weeks in Europe and uh, it was, you know, it was enlightening to see just everything getting on back to normal over there. Uh, so if we can get back to the same here in Australia and New Zealand, which I feel like certainly in Australia we are and New Zealand's almost there, then from a hospitality point of view, uh, you know, we're, we're privileged in that we have a portfolio of customers, so we're spread across everyone really. But there's clearly a lot of hospitality venues that have been doing it tough and a lot of breweries that have been doing it tough. So, you know, we're pretty keen to see that back to normal and everyone, you know, have a good run at it uh, without all these interruptions. So for us, seeing normality in the local market, followed by expansion for us, uh, taking the rental business overseas and then launching Catch. And, you know, Catch for us is a first mover. You know, no one else is offering it. Um, and if there are, they're in a beta phase of still doing R&D. You know, we're two years ahead of that. We've got good economies of scale. We've got a device that works. We can show 130,000 kegs running around with our device on it. So to launch that this year, we're pretty excited about. So it'll be a good year for the team. Oh, fantastic. Look, Adam Tripp-Smith, founder and CEO of Convoy and Catch. Good luck with both of those adventures in the year ahead. Thanks, Seamus. Appreciate you taking the time and look forward to getting a uh, text from you with a picture of our kegs down at the pub. Absolutely. Yeah, can't wait to spot one. <laughs> <laughs> Good man. Thank you. Appreciate the time.